in your name that we pray. Amen. Well, last Tuesday, we flipped the calendar page. For those of you who, like me, still have a paper calendar there, you flip the calendar page to December, and for me, that's always the cue that Christmas can start. I realize that that Christmas started a long time ago, right? Christmas shopping started the day after Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving Day for some of you. The Christmas music has been on the radio for a month already. Seems like forever. But for me, when I, can, when I can finally see that box that says December 25, Christmas season has started. You know, you look around the world, you listen to your radio, you, you walk through the mall, and the sounds of Christmas and the sights of Christmas are echoing through these December days, and they'll only get louder as we get closer to Christmas, right? We hear the echoes of the manger all around us this time of year. Right, you hear it in the songs of sleigh rides and white Christmases and, and everyone you love being together for the holidays, right? You hear it in, uh, or maybe you read it when you look at the Facebook pages. You see the pictures of people cutting down their Christmas trees and putting them up and the pictures of the, tr- of the presents under the tree, posting pictures of the best Christmas gathering ever. Right, we hear the echoes from Bethlehem. 2,000 years, years ago, the echoes of a baby crying for the first time, the echoes of a mother crying for joy at her first child, the echoes of, of the angels singing glory, the echoes of the, of the shepherds skipping down the street late at night. I can almost guarantee you that you hear the echo of it's the most wonderful time of the year because that line comes on so fast in that song, you can't change the station before you hear that line, Right? And I hope there's some truth to that sentiment. I hope it is the most wonderful time of the year. Despite whatever challenges, sorrows, imperfections this Christmas season will bring, and I know they will. It's a hard holiday for many of us. There's people we miss. There's disappointments. I hope that there's some joy in your Christmas. I hope you enjoy the old traditions. I hope you make new memories through it all. And you let the truth of the love of God echo through the years, through the centuries, to you today. But there's another message, another moment that needs to echo into our hearts and lives and into our world this December. Right? Even as we hear the echoes of the manger all December long, we must also hear the echoes of the cross. Right? From, from the very start of this story, we need to know and remember and hear the whole story. We have the whole story in mind. Otherwise, we miss the whole point of what, what the manger is all about. That's why this morning, there's both a manger and a cross up here. And that's why this morning, we're going to start this story at the end of the story. We're going to look at the cross. We're going to look at the empty tomb together. Because you think about any good story, right? Any good story that you've ever heard. Maybe you heard, you heard it from a friend who's a great storyteller. I don't know about you, I had a favorite uncle who would tell stories like you wouldn't believe. Think of your favorite storyteller, right? Or maybe you heard a good story, you know, in a book that you read. You know, your favorite book that you just couldn't put down, right? You stayed up way too late because you kept on reading it. Or maybe a great story on the movie screen and you just get hooked and you get lost in the story. Any good story like that doesn't let you stop halfway through, does it? Because you can't wait to find out what happens. Well, Christmas 
is the beginning of a story, the story of Jesus, God's own son. And it starts like this. It starts with these words. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. There is the start of your story, right? There's a time, there's a place, there's your your set of characters, there's a promise that something's going to happen. With all stories, there's a promise of things to come, something interesting, something significant, something exciting is about to happen. And we want to know what's coming next. If it's a good story, we need to know what's coming next. Right? For a good story, we'll wade through a lot of pages. We'll watch a lot of commercials. We'll stay up a lot later than we anticipated that the story's good enough. Well, this story's good enough. With that start, the questions come. Who is this Mary? What did the angel say to her? Did she believe? And, and who's this Joseph? What does he think about all this? And this baby, a baby born of a virgin, what's going to happen to that child? How does this all turn out in the end? What happens? What's won? What's lost? It's the start of a good story, and we need to know how it ends. And yet, and yet the start of this story is where so many of us stop. We see and we celebrate just one little part of the whole story. Right? Celebrating Christmas, the story of Jesus' birth. Celebrating all on its own is like reading the first third of a book and then setting the book down. It's like watching the first third of a movie and then turning the, the DVR off and saying, ah, forget it. It's like going to the first three innings of a baseball game and then leaving, incomprehensible. Right? You got to know what happens at the end. Without the end, you miss what the whole story's about. What happens? What changes? What's won? What's lost? Without the end, you might as well not even get started. And too many times we celebrate Christmas, the arrival of Jesus, without recognizing and remembering the whole story. We need to remember that Christmas is not the end. It's not the end goal that God had in mind. It isn't the most important moment in history. It isn't the most important moment in God's salvation story. It's only the beginning And if we don't move on to the end, then we might as well not even start. So often we treat Christmas as the ultimate goal, the high point of the the calendar, right? It's the biggest holiday of of the year. Hype starts months ahead of time in anticipation, right? We give kids off from school so you can go celebrate wherever grandpa and grandma are. Christmas Day services are the, the biggest services of the year. But Christmas isn't even the high point of this story. Think about it. There's four Gospels, right? Four people who wrote the stories of Jesus' life. Two of them skip Christmas altogether. They don't have a word about it. Yet none of them skip the cross. None of them skip the empty tomb. None of them skip the ultimate victory. They don't skip the end. Christmas and Easter are a package deal. We can't fall into the trap of celebrating the manger and ignoring the cross. We can't visit Bethlehem and avoid Calvary. 
We can't lay Jesus in the manger without also laying him in the tomb. And we can't see him coming to life out of that manger as a child and growing up without seeing him come to life out of that tomb as well. And so this year we need to, to journey together. Hearing the echoes of the cross right along with the echoes of the manger. Hearing the whole story, not just chapter one. Right, and we start at the end along with Mary. Mary, Jesus' mother. Right, we, we so often just remember Mary to be the young teenage mother that she was. And that, that young teenage Mary, I'm sure, did not fully understand the story that was about to come through her child. But as she grew older and, and maybe wiser, as she saw the story unfold before her eyes, I think she knew enough to be able to hear the echoes of the manger reverberate throughout her whole life. We don't get to know Mary very well in this book, right? This isn't her story. It's Jesus' story. We don't get to know much of what goes through her mind and what goes through her heart. But we do get to see her show up at key moments in Jesus' story. And when, when we look back at, at the story that Mary told about the very beginning, because she must have shared the story for Luke to write, right? There's things only she would know. And so she told, this is what she told. This is what she shared. And we can imagine then, knowing what she held on to from that very start, we can imagine the echoes that flooded her mind throughout her journey with her son Jesus. Right, so Mary shows up in John chapter 19. John chapter 19 is a chapter where we see the Roman soldiers nailing her son Jesus to the cross. John 19 is a chapter where we watch Jesus agonizingly take hours suffering and dying. Crucifixion truly is a horrible way to die. And John lets us know in that chapter, he gives us a little bit of information. He says, it says, near the cross stood his mother. What a painful place to stand. No mother should have to experience the death of a child. I know some of you as parents have. You've taken that journey personally. And you know the pain. You know the heartache. You know the sense of injustice. That this is not the way it's supposed to be. This is not the order that it's supposed to go. And John tells us that here stood Mary at the foot of the cross, watching her son suffer, knowing that it would lead to his death. And I wonder, in those long hours of waiting as she stood there at the cross, I wonder if she heard the echoes of the manger standing there at the cross. Right, because looking back at the story she told from the very beginning, there's hints, there's clues, there's foreshadowing of what was to come, of this climax of the story. Mary knew them. She had heard them. She lived them. I can't help but imagine that as she stood there, the words of Simeon that were spoken to Jesus when he was just eight days old came back to her mind as she stood at the cross 33 years later. If I take out your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 2. 
I want us to hear those words from Simeon. Jesus here is, is eight days old. Mary and Joseph take him to the temple because that's the requirement. For your firstborn son, you need to come and consecrate him to the Lord. So they, they go to the temple at eight days old, offer a sacrifice. And, and as they walk into the temple courts on their way, they have an odd and wonderful encounter with this old man named Simeon. Listen to this encounter starting at verse 25 of Luke chapter 2. It says, Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled and what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed him and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And the sword will pierce your own soul too. And just picture that, that courtyard, in the temple courtyard, and here comes Simeon, and Simeon grabs this baby Jesus. I'm sure it shocked Mary and Joseph to have this man come, and he grabs baby Jesus, and he, he speaks wonderful words of hope, wonderful words of joy, right? He says, to God, my eyes have seen your salvation, a light to the Gentiles, the glory of your people Israel. And then comes the line that I would guess stuck in Mary's mind. I can just see Simeon looking her straight in the eyes and saying, and a sword will pierce your soul too. And here she is 33 years later and her soul is being pierced by grief. The echoes of the manger Ring all the way to the cross. In the middle of, of Jesus' suffering there on the cross, remember the soldiers offer him a mixture, a mixture of wine and myrrh to deaden the pain. And when they offered him the wine mixed with myrrh, did Mary's mind race back to her little home in Bethlehem now when Jesus was just a little boy? And, and there's a knock on the door, and she opens the door, and, and there's magi, wise men, foreign religious and political leaders at her door, little, little Mary's door. And they come, and they bow down, and they worship her child, and they leave behind precious gifts of gold, incense, and myrrh. Myrrh, the spice that is given to him at his birth, is now offered to him at his death. Myrrh, the spice that later that same night would be wrapped in his grave claws as he's laid in the tomb. The echo of the manger 
rings out here at the cross. Mary could look back and remember that this day was destined to come. That this was the purpose, this was the plan all along. The manger was only the beginning. The heart of the story was the cross. The heart of the story was the empty tomb. And the echoes of the manger ring loudly even there. Right? We see Mary at the empty tomb as well. Right? She's one of, the, one of the ladies who goes to the tomb on that first Easter morning going to, to bring spices again to, to put on the body. And Mary stands there bewildered in front of the tomb, which has had the stone rolled away and is now empty. And she stands bewildered as this young man in white clothes walks up to her and says, who are you looking for? You're looking for Jesus? He's not here. He has risen just as he said. And standing there in front of that empty tomb, did the puzzle pieces of this mystery from all these years that she's been living with, did those puzzle pieces begin to fall into place in her mind? I, mean, I can imagine how many times Mary and Joseph must have sit, sat across the dinner table and wondered about his dream, wondered about the message that the angel gave to him. Right? There, there's Joseph, and he finds out that Mary's pregnant. He's ready to call off the marriage. Right? He's going to divorce her quietly. And, and an angel invades his dream and says, no, Joseph, I've got a different plan for you. God has a different plan for you. This child is God's child, and you are going to be his father. Get married. Raise this child. Because he will save his people from their sins. Did those last manger words echo in Mary's mind as she ran away from the empty tomb? He will save his people from their sins. This is what the angel meant. This is the promise of the Savior that we wondered about so many nights. Maybe this is it. We read about Mary one more time. She shows up one more time. The last time. In Acts chapter 1. Right? The disciples are with Jesus and they see this resurrected Jesus ascend into heaven with their very eyes, right? And, and he rises into heaven as the victorious King of kings and Lord of lords. He rises as the king to take his throne. His saving work is done. It's completed. A way has been made for people to come back into God's presence. And the victory is his, and now the throne is his. And these 11 disciples run back to Jerusalem. They gather everybody they know together, and they tell them what has happened. They tell them about Jesus rising into heaven to take his throne. And one of the people gathered there, we're told, is Mary, Jesus' mother. And as she heard that story from these disciples, did she hear again the message that the angel spoke to her as this young teenage girl three decades earlier? Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will give birth to a son, and the Lord will give him the throne of David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Did she remember that day 
that this triumphal moment was destined to come? Does she see see that the words have now come true? The promise has been fulfilled. Her baby has become a king. Her child has taken the throne, the throne of David. And her piercing pain is ending in victory, is being transformed into joy. The echoes of the manger are ringing loudly at the end, at the cross, at the tomb at the coronation of the king. That's where we need to start today as we journey towards that manger again, towards another Christmas celebration. We need to start this Christmas season with the end goal clearly in mind. Right, The Christmas message is chapter one of a wonderful story of power and grace and love that finds its climax in a in this child's death and resurrection. Without that end in mind, we might as well not even start. Pack up the tree. But with that end in mind, the echoes of the cross ringing through our manger celebrations, we can experience the joy of the whole story, the joy of true love lived out for you and for me. You know, every year when we put up our Christmas tree, I experience two reminders of the end here at the beginning. Every year, the first ornament that goes up on our tree is one that after we put it up, we never see again, right? The first one that goes on our tree is this spike, this nail, and we, we dig deep down in and we hang it right next to the trunk. We don't see it again, but we remember first thing, the cross. The cost and the purpose of Christmas. Dying and rising again. Found it, found it appropriately fitting this year that, that more than any other year, it hurt hanging this thing. I don't know what kind of tree we got, but it hurt as I looked for that branch. I thought, how fitting that we can have the joy of Christmas without forgetting the pain of the cross. And the second reminder, we take turns, we lay all the ornaments out, we take turns putting them up, we just get to pick our favorite ones to put up. And I always grab this one right off the bat. I grab this ceramic Christmas tree that hangs on, on, our, on our tree, and I pick it because you take this, I think I've had it up here before, you take this tree and you turn it around and do a 180, and you get the cross instead. You can't have Christmas without the cross. You can't have the birth and just forget about the death and the resurrection. The end comes to mind at the beginning. This year, we start together as a community at the end, and we hear the message of the cross. We hear the message of the empty tomb. Remember to to tell and experience and celebrate the whole story, the whole thing that just begins. It only starts with a frightened teenage girl with a confused fiancé, with angels busy delivering messages for God and a very special baby, God himself, born in a manger. And then take your place in that story as well. 
Because this isn't just Jesus' story. A story that had a beginning and is all done. This isn't Jesus' story just for us to read and enjoy. He invites us into the story. This is your story. And this is my story. Because the echoes of our lives, the echo of your life is heard at the manger. For God so loved the world, so God loved you so much that he sent his only son. The echo of your life is heard at the cross. Greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friend. And you are my friend. You are, Jesus said. The echo of your life is heard at the empty tomb. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me has eternal life. Your story is ingrained in his story from beginning to the end. So this season, hear the whole story. Hear Jesus' story. And hear your story. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, thank you for your story that brings us life, that brings us hope, that brings us peace. In the middle of the, the busyness and the commercialism of this season, in the middle of a society that raises Christmas to the pinnacle Remind us of the cross at the very beginning. Remind us of the empty tomb. Remind us of the victory that can be ours. And help us never to forget the goodness and the grace and the love that not only sent you to be born, but sent you to die and rise again for me, for us. Father, keep writing your story in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'd like to invite the worship team to come forward along with the elders who are going to help serve in communion this morning.